I'd just like to say that I know that God gave me a word that is right for today because of what was prayed in the prayer, what Mark said, and the songs that were sung. I was like, you've actually heard it already. So I'm just going to recap on what God has already been doing in this place. Okay? Let's pray. Father, I want to thank you that you are here in this place. I thank you that you have confirmed your word already and that what I have to say, what you've put on my heart to say is what you want to activate us in today. So we open our hearts, we open our lives and we say, God, do what you want to do, that we don't just get uh, head knowledge and then forget it, but we get heart transformation so that we can go out more equipped, more resilient for what you've got for us in Jesus' name. Amen. Does anyone want to give these books away to someone else? I see that hand. There you go. Now, we, we've, it's already been mentioned about the fires and I, I actually just was kind of blown away when you're flying over it last night and you could see fire on the ground and, you know, at one stage there was a seemed like a structure on fire, like a house or something. It's like, whoa, it sort of brings it really a bit more real when you're seeing the smoke and stuff. And it just reminds us that we actually are, many people are in crisis, but who knows, you don't have to have your house burning down to be in crisis. And I really believe that God is wanting to give us a bit of a spiritual gym today to strengthen our resilience so I need you to be a little bit active, okay? Participate, at least mentally, okay? Engage. And, um, and those who are, you know, verbal, that's fine. I can, I can do verbal with you as well. So I just want you to think about anxiety, okay? Now, I'm sure that all of us experience some level of anxiety in some way when you face something. There's something where if you were to face that today, it would give you some sort of anxiety. It might be public speaking, it might be flying to another country, it might be, I don't know what, but let's say this side is in extreme anxiety, okay? You're just always carrying anxiety and you're just, everything's full of fear. And those windows over there, you are anxiety free. You are... You are in the happy land and never face any... You are in heaven, okay? So no one's probably right here unless... Because no one's actually dead, are you? No, you're all alive. So you're still on earth. You still face troubles and trials and crises. And so we're facing anxieties at different times. But what I'm expecting is that God wants to, 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 to equip us up. So wherever you are on this, this sliding scale of anxiety in our life, that we can move a little bit closer to being free. So maybe you're here already, but I'm telling you there's more. There's more freedom. You might be like Pastor Mark and almost be in heaven, okay? <laughs> it's 50 in two weeks. It's nearly there. Uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I'm not sorry at all. That was quite deliberate. <laughs> um, okay, so now for us... <laughs> Okay, he, he's, he, anyway, I, I'm sure that if I asked you to mentally just, just think about where on this sliding scale you are, you can probably sort of think, yeah, I, I'm about, I'm, I'm here, or I'm, like somewhere along this line. And I believe it's possible 
for you to live 2020 with more peace. And I think the key is what we're going to talk about now, and that is trust. Now, Proverbs 3, 5 and 6 is one that God just hammered to Dave and I over 12, probably two years, 18 months at least. It's just a really key verse. Do you know what it says? Come on. Okay, kind of sloppy. Let's do it again. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight or direct your paths. So in our journey, that's led us to do things like sell our house that we'd just built and lived in for three years. And I did talk a little bit about that, I think, maybe when I came last. And, and all sorts of trust things where we feel like God's been speaking to us and telling us, directing us and directing our path. And we're going, okay. so he just keeps growing us in our tests and the things that he's getting us to do as to, to grow that trust muscle. But, you know, there's sometimes a bit of a chasm between hearing what God says and then doing what he's asking. And the bridge that helps us cross is this thing called trust. And sometimes, you know, God maybe even asks us to rest and do nothing. So you're here and you're feeling God saying, I just want you to rest and do nothing right now. And who knows, to actually do that, you've got to trust God. You've got to cross that bridge. Okay, God, I'm just going to wait and rest. It still takes trust. And I think that there is some trust inhibitors that we're going to talk about. Because I think if we can identify some trust inhibitors, it actually helps us to be able to shift into the next space. Okay, so first of all, I don't know... Joel, are you still there? Hello. If you, I don't know how you are putting scriptures on the go because we didn't do them earlier, but you're welcome to throw up James chapter 1, verse 5 to 8 if you want. Can you? You don't have to. I'm going to start reading it anyway. James chapter 1 verse 5 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives really stingily. What does it say? Gives freely, it gives generously to all. Now, just to, to break down that word all, who, who knows what that means? Yeah, you got it. All. Okay. So he gives wisdom. Oh, that's pretty good. Good job. Okay. So he, if any one of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault. And it, is, and it will be given to you. Pretty good promise right there. But there's another big but. Okay. When you ask, you must believe and not doubt because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. So these trust inhibitors are a bit like the doubts. They're a bit like the butts that come and they shake us around. Thank you, Joel. I'll just... 
we can we can move on from there. That's good. So one of the first trusting inhibitors, how about that, is is just intellect. Okay, just plain old. Your brain kicks in, and you think, you know, I don't know that that's such a good idea, because. You know, you, your brain works in a certain way and, and what God says in his word or what God said, it's just doing your head in, okay? But did you know you don't know everything? Yep. Isaiah 55 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are the ways, my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Sometimes we hear God's voice, but we fight it just with what we think. And we forget that he actually knows so much more than us. It's so much higher and, you know, his ways are so... I, I could have given some really logical reasons why I should not sell my house. But he just made it so clear that this is the journey. This is what you're doing. It was in lots of different ways and I don't have time to go into it. But it's like, okay, I'm going to trust you in this. Now, another trust inhibitor is fear. Fear comes against us. Fear of failure, fear of getting it wrong, fear of man or what will people think. But what does 2 Timothy 1.7 say? Anyone? God hasn't given me a spirit of fear, but of love and power and a sound mind. And so when we come against these fears... Don't worry, Joel. I know, it's, you're doing great. <laughs> I don't want to put the pressure on you. Because, and plus, these people know it, so it's good. Okay, so I'm going to move fairly fast. So with the, one of the trust inhibitors is our, just our intellect, but God knows more. One of them's fear, but God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. Another trust inhibitor is selfishness and pride. And in our brain, when we're feeling like, God, I need wisdom or I need to know what to do. Um, I'm feeling a bit shaken here. I need your help. And then he, we sense he's saying something and then we just go, oh, that's too hard. That's well, too much effort. It's not comfortable. It's too expensive. It's not really cool. I'm not feeling it right now. It's not what others are doing. It's kind of out of my way. It's not my gift. It's kind of beneath me. I don't have what it takes. It takes too much time. It's going to cost me something that I don't want to give up. It's not one of my goals for 2020. It's too soon. It's too crowded. I'll look foolish. I'm too busy. I won't be in control. I mean, like, how many of these excuses just come at us? And it's often our own selfishness and our own pride that just start to fight against what God's saying. He's inviting us on an adventure. He's inviting us on something. And then we have these things that come against us. And sometimes they're just rooted in these trust inhibitors called selfishness and pride. Okay, I'm going to fly on through to the next one. Trust inhibitor... Wounds and lies. You know, it's often, this is a really big one because we have a society where relationships with fathers have broken down. And when we're being asked to trust God, it's often because the relationship with our own father it hasn't really been that good that we then project that onto Father God. And it's actually that, that breakdown in relationship with, him, with our fathers 
that damages our ability to trust in, in who he is. And so often there's a journey of having these wounds, these father wounds. And often it's not even the father's fault. They're just living in a society and living. I love fathers and God loves fathers and he wants to build up fathers and men. And look, the wounds can come from teachers and pastors and mothers and, and people in authority in all sorts of different places. But we're in a Who knows that there's a breakdown in relationships with fathers? And so it's sometimes the heart journey to be able to trust actually includes God dealing with the wound that you have because of your father wound. You may have even had a good father, but there's just been some things. And so I just encourage you to explore that if God pushes his finger on it. You don't have to go digging it, but just it's worth it. It's worth dealing with the wounds and dealing with the lies, dealing with the disappointments that have come. And it's those believing in lies that often cause us to have unbelief. And it's that unbelief that comes against trust. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. It's a heart journey. It's not just an intellect journey. And so because trust is a heart journey, issues of the heart are what God's going to be dealing with to allow you to be free. And the thing about trust and anxiety is that as you learn to trust in God, you actually start walking free from anxiety. It's as you walk in more and more just going, you know what, you are good. I trust even though I'm facing this crisis at this point, and I know when we've faced big crisis and little crisis, it's actually as you transact that crisis and the pain or whatever it is into a place of, Daddy, you are good, you are loving and I can trust in you. I'm gonna, and you lift up your eyes and you see from where your help comes from. Your help comes from the Lord of the heavens and the earth and He is bigger than your crises. He's bigger than what you're facing. He's, he's actually, He has a full view of your whole life. He's seeing what's going on from beginning to end. He's not troubled by, by a whole lot of bushfires. He's not feeling overwhelmed by the coast burning. He knows what to do. He knows how to touch people's hearts. He knows how to use it to bring people closer to himself. Does he cause it? I'm not saying he causes it, but he does not waste it. Whatever that crisis is, he's, he's always interested in your heart. Everybody's heart. There's not a heart in this place he's not looking at and interested in and wanting to help move your situation that you're in to move you more, to be able to be walking in more trust of him. And the consequence, the, the, the privilege, the thing that comes from that is we get set free. Ah. I could say more here, but, you know... No, no. I'm <laughs> the Amplified says, Proverbs 3 this way, Trust in and rely confidently on the Lord with all of your heart. Do not rely on your own insights and understanding. In all your ways, know and acknowledge and recognise Him. And He will make your path straight, smooth, removing obstacles that block your way. And so these things that I've just mentioned, these inhibitors, they are obstacles in our way. 
And today he's inviting you, if you recognise these, these obstacles in your heart, that as you allow him to deal with these obstacles, that he's going to allow you to be set free to walk in more peace and to trust in him. You know, God's not really that concerned about mess. Did you know that? Huh? Yes. He works with mess. Some of us think, oh, it's just too messy to trust God with. It's just too much of a mess. But look, I was reading this week about, uh, you know, how we started this thing of Israel and the, and the tribes. And you look at Jacob's life and just as a real quick cap, we're talking about a guy who's a superly strong deceiver. He's fully deceived with his help of his mum, his father to pretend that he's his brother to get a blessing, and also he ended up he got the um, the 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 what's the other word birthright as well. And then he goes on, and then he he ends up leaving living with his uncle, and then it gets flipped on him, and he wants to he works for seven years for the wife that he's long for Rachel, and then he wakes up. The morning after his wedding, finds that actually he just slept with the girl's sister. So he gets, so he ends up having to marry her. And then he gets a week later the one he wanted. And so then he works another seven years and then they end up trying to have kids. And he has kids to Leah and he has kids to Leah's concubine. He has kids to Rachel's concubine and he has kids to Rachel. And then it's 12 sons and they end up being the tribes of Israel. I mean, like, that's a messy family. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Did God not know? No, he's not. He doesn't care about how messy you are. He goes, oh, I can use this mess. Let's just create Israel. <laughs> As we learn to listen and trust and obey, we learn to let go of control. You know, I, I was actually tested on this control thing because we did just go to Japan. My sister's a missionary there with her family and we did a little bit of ministry slash go and see the place, you know, for a couple of weeks before Christmas, getting back Christmas Eve, okay? Then hosting Christmas at my house Christmas Day. Insanity, I know. Um, and so, but, and of course, we're also pastors of a church and who knows, leading into Christmas, you have end of year breakups and you do lots of things to wind up and parties, da-da-da. Presents, everybody wants presents. And so leading into going to Japan, which is the 10th of December, I was really busy and I had a lot on my list, a lot of things to do. I was also ministering, still preaching, doing stuff at church just it was a really busy time. Now, God told me, don't believe you're busy, believe you're in step. Okay, good. Oh, I've hung on to that one. And then, it's another whole preach, that one right there. But um, what he said was, I want you to lay down your list and just do what I say. And I thought, I hope he knows what I have to do. Because it's at those points when there's pressure on me and I have a lot to achieve and I have, if I don't get the shopping done, there's not enough gifts or the, there's, no give, there's no food on Christmas Day or I don't bring to my sister what she wants me to bring and all the wheat picks and everything isn't purchased. And like there's just a lot to do. Who knows when there's all to do? You feel like you have to get in control. You've got to be in control of your list and you get a little bit anxious and a little bit. This is where it's in those situations I would start to slip. Okay, I'd start to get more anxious. And God said, let go. Let go of your list and every morning just wake up, 
Ask me what to do that day and do that. Now, I'm not saying you have to live that way all the time, although I think I will because it's really cool because in that month leading up, I just day by day, whether it was mop my floor or go shopping, he, I just was really desperately practising hearing, trusting and obeying for all the little, every detail that I had to get fulfilled leading up to, to leaving for Japan. And that, it was significant for me because it would have been the time of high anxiety for me, trying to get it all done, the pressure of preparing for Christmas and getting work done and, you know, all before leaving to go away. But I found that I practised listening, going, okay, God, I trust you. I'm just going to do it as you give it to me to do. And my anxiety levels were going down and my trust levels were going up and I moved into Japan and Christmas, the most stress-free I've ever been. Huh? High five to me, okay? But it was, and then even coming back from Japan, we had to go, our flight home was ridiculous and I find that actually air travel is the time when I'm probably push into anxiety the most, okay? Got to get on the plane, got to have everything together. And again, he, he, I can't give you the story, but it was just a, an impossible lineup of events that we possibly we were going to miss our plane if it, we actually had to arrange it so we didn't miss our plane. And, um, but God just said, just you're in perfect step. Just do what's in front of you next. Just trust me. And I just practice, even in what would have been a highly anxiety-provoking moment for me of international travel, just going, okay. We're just going to do what's next. We're going to trust you. Even if we miss a plane, we're just going to trust you anyway. <laughs> Even if we get home Christmas Day, we're going to trust you. Like, <laughs> we just got to trust you, God. But we have to be acknowledging him in all of our ways, asking for his help, crossing that bridge and trusting in him. Okay, we need to finish. You know, when we, we surrender control and we step out in faith and we live a life of trust, it will be tested, trust me. But that's good because with the tests come the upgrades. And with the upgrades come hard expansions that allow you to live more full and more free. And at the end of the day, these treasures or these blessings that he has for us is more peace. And at the the end of the day, John 10.10 I give life to the full. Jeremiah 29, 11, I have plans to prosper you. Ephesians 3, 20, now to him is able to do measurably more than we ask or imagine according to his power at work within us. I'm telling you, there's all these verses that promise that he's with us and life is, he's got good things for us. Not that it's easy or that there is no stress or there is no tension, but as we learn to trust him and look to who he is and, 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 and believe in what he says, let go of control then we get to walk in a place of increased trust and increased peace. Do you want more peace? Do you want more peace? At least the front row. Anyone back after the front row? Yes! (laughs) The key for you, and I believe as we were singing that song, Unshakable, we will not be shaken. How does that start? We, we trust in our God. Da, 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 da. Okay, good song choice, okay? The, uh, well, that was last minute Holy Spirit, okay? That was good. Uh, and, and, and 
But the thing is, the shaking, we, we will not be shaken. We trust in our God. We, and what's the next verse? And through his, because we're looking at his unfailing love and we're believing and it's, a, it's giving us an ability where we're growing, where we're not being shaken. Anxiety sh- shakes us. It's just, and look, anxiety is not a sin as such. It's, a, it's an emotion. It's a feeling that you have. But he says, don't be anxious. Don't be fearful. And so we certainly aren't, we don't need to stay there. We need to keep moving out and, and letting him set us free. Okay, why don't we stand to our feet? We're going to just finish now because it is time for donuts. You know that verse that says, in all your ways acknowledge him. That word acknowledge is to know him. It's to experience by knowing, to be made known, to be revealed. So Father, we just ask in Jesus' name that you will help us this year to be a people who will trust in you with all of our heart, not just our intellect, but our heart. We invite you to take us on a journey in our heart that lets go of those inhibitors, lets go of those things that stop us from trusting in you, that we can walk more and more in your peace, in your step with you. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Lord, you are so much more above us. In all your ways, know God. Have an intimacy with God. Know and experience Him. And he will direct your path. He will, he will lead you. You don't have to fear getting it wrong. You might just, you know, we try and be perfect. But God, you use mess. And you help us because we're just acknowledging you and we're looking to you. And sometimes you're leading clearly and sometimes it's kind of vague. But we just trust you to lead us. In Jesus' name, we ask for your help. Amen. What a great word. Why don't we give a hand of thanks to Pastor Helen. We will not be shaken. That's your declaration. A great declaration for 2020 is I'm not going to be shaken. I don't know what tomorrow has. I've got no idea. But we can make a declaration by faith this morning that no matter what comes, my trust is in Him. And so I'm not going to be shaken. I'm not going to be stepped on. I'm not going to be destroyed because my God is faithful, because my God is true, because of His love is in me, you tell the person next to you, you are not going to be shaken. You're going to stand strong. You're going to be victorious. You're going to be an overcomer. You're going to, you're going to be a champion this year because of all that Jesus has done for you. I want you to believe that. I want you to believe that in Jesus that you're not going to get shaken. Now we're going to sing this song. And as we do, I want you to make that declaration. I will not be shaken. Though the battle rages, I will not be shaken. Change the words if you have to. Make it about you and make it about Jesus. And together, let's see what this year holds for us. Let's sing, thanks.
Father God, that's our declaration, not just today, that's our declaration this year. That in you, we will not be shaken. And that this morning, Lord, all of us take a step toward the windows. All of us take a step in trust. And Lord, I pray that you would give us, the, through your Holy Spirit in us, Lord, that you would give us the ability to trust more and trust big and trust deep and trust long. And trust when it seems so hard. And trust when there's a dark night. And trust when the battle rages. And trust in you. And trust in your word. And trust in your goodness. And trust in your power. And trust in your faithfulness. And trust in your love. And trust in the name of Jesus. In his powerful name. Let's give Jesus a shout of praise. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Who received something this morning, something they can take home with them, something they can stick in their spiritual safe and walk through this year different, different. Now I want us to do one thing all together. I want us to all to take one step toward the window as an act of faith. We're going to take a step of faith. That's the way. You've, you've, you've increased in your faith. All righty.